This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome into Bartholomew Town's continuing coverage of the impact of COVID-19 here in Rhode Island. I'm Bill Bartholomew. On this episode, a response to Providence Mayor Alorza's decision to close down public parks. With Safe Streets, Liza Birkin, and Safe on the Roads, Caitlin Goodman. In 58 minutes, Providence parks are going to be closed. That includes um, the running trails as of tomorrow morning, the golf course trigs. And I don't, I don't know if there's any other Providence golf course. They're going to be closed. So obviously that's going to be a major shift in the dynamics. I know for, for sure, for Eliza, myself, we use Roger Williams Park, my wife, Gabrielle, we use it daily, at least on my end for the trails and getting away as Mashpog Park as well over by the reservoir here in, in Elmwood. So this is a major blow. I just want to play really quick. This is like about a minute and a half, two minutes long. This is basically Mayor Lors. just about an hour ago. He had a press conference. He announced this officially. Parks are closing. And I asked him, I said, well, you know, well, I'll play right here. Is this based on broad noncompliance? And then I want to hear each of your responses. We've got Liza and we've got Caitlin on with us, two hardcore advocates for the streets in many different ways here. So let's play this. This is Mayor Lors just a second ago. Hi, Mayor. How much of this is based on a lack of cooperation from a large portion of the city's residents or anyone who's visiting the parks? Are you getting reports of overwhelming amount of people, massive groups of people even that are in this in the parks or that aren't wearing face masks or in general just aren't on board with everything that's been rolled out over the last month? Uh, thanks for the question, Bill. So I'll give you I'll give you the the thoughts that went in into our, our the reasoning that went into the decision. So yesterday was a very nice day here in the city, and we were very closely monitoring all the calls that came in. We were monitoring uh, pictures that were posted on social media, just having a sense for how many people were complying. The overwhelming majority of people are indeed compliant. They're staying home and they're avoiding all gatherings. I was out yesterday as I had to go to the supermarket. I had my mask on and I noticed that a number of other folks had masks on, they had gloves on, and they were doing what they could. So the majority of people, they are indeed complying. But what's really, really difficult about, about this crisis is that it only takes a few bad apples to continue the spread. And uh, indeed, uh, we did get complaints and we did see pictures of a number of bad apples. And there were a number of times where the police department had to be um, called onto a scene and uh, ordered folks to disperse at our parks. So that's Mayor Lorza just less than an hour ago from his press conference there explaining the rationale. Now, I've been in the parks. I've seen a lot of people, to be honest with you, I'd say five to one ratio of people not wearing masks. I had someone run by me and cough in in the general vicinity uh, just the other day. I've had a pit bull charge at me off leash. Um, A lot of non-compliance. I saw kids climbing on the statues, uh, seemingly oblivious parents standing by. So I get why it seems like either the messaging isn't reaching everyone or people are just by and large, don't believe this is as serious as it is. So the mayor explaining there are a few bad apples, but let's get the response. What does this mean for Providence broadly? Let's hear, start with Liza. Mm, yeah, I I've, I was also out yesterday um, riding a little bit and and saw a lot of people riding bikes with masks, people walking with masks. And it just shows how little, like, uh, so the average sidewalk um, in our city is, is four feet wide. 
And it just shows how little space there is for people on streets um, to really be moving around and getting the really crucial exercise that they need um, to maintain physical and mental health. Um, I think it's really tough. I, I know, and it's not an easy answer. And, you know, Mayor Lorza has been so great um, and really does get the need for uh, streets for people and has been putting incredible work into the Great Streets Plan and seems to really understand um, the equity piece around not everyone having a private outdoor space. You know, this is going to hit people um, who live in apartment buildings and who don't have backyards the hardest. Um, the public parks are our backyards. Um, so it's tough. We don't, we certainly don't want, think that uh, police, that we don't want police, um, you know, having to break up large crowds. That's not a good use of our resources, especially right now. But trapping people indoors um, without an alternative right now is just not going to work because people are not going to stay inside. Um, it's, it's springtime and they need, and they're stressed out and they're out of work and kids are not in school. Um, so it's just not a reasonable um, expectation for people to be staying inside. And what is going to happen with the, park, with the parks closing is people are gonna just be crowded onto the sidewalks and into the streets where unfortunately, because we're seeing a lot less um, cars on the road as a natural response, people are speeding up. Um, there's less traffic, so it causes more speeding. So um, forcing people off of trails and out of parks onto roads at this point um, without without uh, kind of thinking about it comprehensively in a way um, that other cities are doing all over the country uh, by implementing road closures is uh, is really tough. And so, yeah, we hope that the city can um, make some changes to these policies soon. Caitlin Goodman, you're with Safe on the Road. You advocate for runners, bikers, anyone who uses these spaces. And let's talk about that, the, sort of the increase. You take people out of the parks. Now, all of a sudden, you have more people who are going to be on the sidewalks. That means there's going to be more pedestrian traffic. There's going to be more unusual situations for drivers who are already probably on edge in one way or another, uh, just given the climate that we're in right now. Um, you know, what does that mean for? anyone who wants to get outside and obviously the broad mental health of the population here in Providence as we go through this basically a mass quarantine experience for seemingly several months probably. Yeah, you know, it's it it's certainly a tough situation for everyone and I don't envy, you know, the decisions that our mayor and our governor are having to make right now, but I I think the challenge is um, we're getting some mixed messages in that we have been told that it's okay to be walking or running or biking outside for our physical and mental health. Um, and, and in fact, encouraged to do that. Um, as a, as a public health professional, I'm, I'm thrilled to see all these people, you know, exercising and being physically active outside. Um, I hope that continues, you know, post COVID, but, the, the challenge is when you close the limited green spaces that we have in, in our city, um, that inevitably forces people over to, to, as Liza said, the very narrow sidewalks or um, into the bike lanes or, I mean, frankly, I, I've found myself running in the middle of the street sometimes to allow that six foot distance. If, if someone's approaching me on a sidewalk, I get off the sidewalk. I, I figure as a runner, I'm a little bit more mobile than maybe a mom pushing a stroller or someone in a wheelchair. So I'm moving out of the way to uh, maintain that social distancing that is so, so important right now. 
um, and, and complying with everything that we're hearing from the CDC, from our local um, health departments. And, and so I, I think, as Liza said, we're, we're going to see some unintended consequences from this policy is, is that people aren't going to stay indoors. And, and our governor is telling us it's okay to walk to, um, you know, spaces, don't go and drive there, but um, to, to a park. But, but if you're able to walk there, you know, I, I live half a mile from Blackstone Boulevard. Um, I can walk and run there. And I would hope that the people who live in this neighborhood can, can do the same um, and, you know, pick, pick your park or your green space in, in Providence and, you know, Roger Williams Park, as you mentioned, that that's in people's backyards. Um, if if you don't Literally. have a backyard, it, it it is your backyard. Yeah, and so um, you know, I would love for the mayor to to take a look at either what other cities are doing in in, in terms of the street closures. And um, I've I've been tweeting madly all week saying, "Can we close Blackstone Boulevard to car traffic? Can you close Pleasant Valley Parkway to car traffic?" He has made some great strides with Roger Williams Park already, limiting car traffic there. Why not just eliminate all the parking and car traffic at Roger Williams? And if you can walk, run, bike, scooter there, great. That's a safe space for you to maintain social distancing. But I think the challenge is when you take away spaces for people to be physically active, um, but you encourage them to social distance, where where are those six feet going to come from now? Um, I don't know. I I think it's making it harder to social distance with this policy. We're speaking with Caitlin Goodman and Liza Birkin. They're each well-known Providence, well-known statewide, I should say, advocates for uh, mobility and basically an equitable society for people who want to walk, people want to ride bikes, uh, whatever mode of transportation here in in our car-dominated infrastructure in Rhode Island. Let's talk about alternatives because, again, I agree with 100% of – of what you're saying. I think that's absolutely true. I do think that based on just, again, my own personal observations, I've seen mi- minimal compliance with the guidance. What and now Some people are going to say, look, I haven't had a chance to get a mask or look, I know that wearing a bandana is not going to be the same as an N95 mask. If someone coughs in my face or whatever it is, there may just be people who are completely oblivious still that's possible like you know it's like mm-hmm. us talking about like some nascar race or something from 1978 oh yeah i think i've heard of that thing coronavirus yeah i think i've heard it's like some random topic but i think there is just a, a large people who just don't take it seriously they're not thinking about it so what can be done you can close it off to cars but what can you do to convince the people who are not on board with this that what they're doing is causing broad mental health and physical health problems because people can't get out in the open spaces. Yeah, I think, so Caitlin put it so well where she's like, where is that six feet going to come from, right? Um, everyone needs six feet around them. And so our average, like a trail in, in Roger Williams Park or the East Bay bike path, it's usually about six to 10 feet, like a really generous uh, trail is 14 feet. Um, but your average street is 20 to as big as 80 to 100 feet. Um, so that where is the six feet going to come from? The, really, the only answer that we have, the answer that we have as a city, as a municipality with public space, is the street. Um, and that that's the only way that people will have enough space to avoid those who aren't wearing masks, who aren't um, taking it seriously. Mm. So I think really, um, you know, 
we we love our city. We love the mayor. We love um, all the work that they've been doing so far to get us towards a safer and more equitable transportation future here in Providence. We just think that the timing on this has been is piecemeal to close all the public parks and and green spaces without having a plan for street closures um, is really tough. So I think all we what we really need to do is listen to our citizens who have already been chiming in. Um, we, you know, the Providence Trees Coalition that I represent, we put out an, a, a question a couple weeks ago, like, where do you think um, streets should be closing down? Um, and it's really not rocket science. It's really, uh, you know, places where people already congregate and places um, where people don't have a lot of uh, private outdoor space. So that's Blackstone Boulevard, um, Pleasant Valley Parkway, certainly an east-west route um, through through the through the west end and the south side, um, and then either, and one of the major boulevards in the south side where we have where there's a lot of space um, for people to be exercising safely, um, both safely from cars and safely from one another. Caitlin, yeah, I. I think it's um, we're, we're we're not going to get the word out to everyone that that feels um, at least in in our current uh, political climate. You know, we're we're not implementing the measures that that China was um, in terms of you know fully shutting everything down and, and getting the word out. And so I, I feel maybe a little differently than Liza in that we we could be redeploying some of our resources to be monitoring this and, and breaking up some of the the groups that you're seeing. Um, you know, I've I've been trying to be a little vocal myself. Obviously that's one person, you know, N of one, but um, you know, trying to trying to be funny about it and say, that that's not a group of five. Do you know how to count? <laughs> um, you know, as as you're passing someone, try to, you know, not, you know, not be rude about it, but just try to say something as, as you're running by or biking by. Um, so a little bit of, of self-policing within our own communities. Um, I, on my run yesterday, actually happened by a, a Providence police officer and we were just chatting and, um, you know, he was cruising around doing, doing exactly that, looking to, to break up some groups. So I actually feel like, you know, we, we could deploy some of those folks in our city um, to do that. I, I know a lot of people are out of work right now and we're seeing just staggering unemployment rates. Is, is that um, some way to, you know, get some public health officials out there who are not doing contract tracing, but rather are helping police and implement um, the, the social distancing measures in a, a courteous, respectful way, an educational way? Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, frankly, the the where where those resources should first be deployed is is at the grocery stores um, before yeah. the parks. So I'd love <laughs> yeah. to see the mayor, um, you know, cracking down out in front of uh, the the big box stores and the grocery stores than before in, in our public spaces. Um, yeah, so. it's a fine line, you know. I mean, that's that's the whole thing right now. Is you know, it's where you, you know you want to build. I assume that the process is, all right, build trust, build a coalition of people that are outside of your political reach or outside of your political allies, you know, whoever you are, whether the governor, whether you're the mayor, the idea is to build a coalition and get everybody on board, right? So it's a, it's a fine line. Obviously, there's a lot of sensitivity around any kind of police state activity, and I'm not necessarily even advocating for that. Um, Nor was I. But, (laughs) But, you know, where, how can fellow citizens 
you know, in, and it doesn't have to necessarily be in a nice way. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's a good approach generally, but how can we convince people who are not doing what they need to do right now that it, this isn't like a teacher scolding you. This isn't like, you know, you broke some random rule at, in like the lunchroom or something like that. This is like extremely serious. And in the, in the short term, what you're doing is making it so decision makers to keep that coalition together are going to have to take things away. It's like group punishment. How can we convince people that they're literally, you know, and, and, and then secondly, if we can just touch on which roads you'd like to see closed, if you can each answer that question. So let's start with Liza. Yeah, I don't know. It's really tough. This whole, yeah, the group punishment gets rough. And now, and I think we're all going to feel this one. This one is going to be big. Um, everybody who's been enjoying their, their local parks is suddenly really going to feel um, how tight that's the sidewalks are um, if those are no longer an option and really going to, you know, it's like, we love the, the city and it's, and right now we're experiencing all the worst parts of the city, the crampedness and without any of the benefits. Um, yeah. I mean, this is the center of the outbreak here. I mean, obviously the nursing homes are technically in, in amongst healthcare workers, you know, which is, is a problem. So, but here in Providence, Cranston, Pawtucket, North Providence, I mean, this is the, where, most of the activity is in Rhode Island. So you yeah. would think that there'd just be more general compliance. And then that way we could go out into the park and like, <laughs> you know, what's wrong with people? That's it. What is wrong? If you're out there listening right now, what is wrong with you, man? Put like, on a mask. Have this, nice things. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, yeah. this is what's going to happen. They're going to, you're, yes, the science, we don't know. We don't know if there's going to be stuff this summer, if the events are going to be canceled. That's for science. But, like, in the immediate public relations sense, what are you doing right now? If you're out there, you're, what you're doing is you're hurting people from going to the parks, literally. So. Yeah. 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 It's really tough, but I'm just going to try to keep pushing for solutions um, as much as I possibly can, focus on, focus on what we can do. Um, you know, if you're a parent and suddenly you, you, you don't have, you can't take your child to the park today. Um, and the sun is shining. I encourage you to get out onto your street. Um, and maybe with a cone, maybe with a sign and watch your kid, uh, while they bike and walk in the middle of the street. Um, and we really need to slow people down who are driving because we are just going to see more and more people using the streets whether or not there's an official policy um, to close them. So yeah. everybody needs to slow down. Uh, that's my, my biggest ask of the public right now as well. Is there, Caitlin, is there a, sec a section of the city? Is there a, a plan that's already been drafted somewhere that could be rolled out or anything specific that we could close down streets and alter vehicular traffic in, in, a, in, in a way that's a detour, essentially, that's reasonable, that could then literally open up certain segments of the city to widen or broaden the amount of open space. I, th I think Liza's group and, and the Providence Streets Coalition has done a really excellent job of identifying those, you know, my, my take on that. Um, and I've been trying to, you know, run in different parts of the city these uh, past few weeks, just to, to better understand what, what could be opened up. And, and, you know, I think, Definitely on the east side, Blackstone Boulevard is the the natural um, artery. Um, and, you know, downtown, I, I was running downtown yesterday. I mean, it's it's dead downtown. There's 
no cars down there. So for, for <laughs> folks, especially in a, a really dense urban part of the city, you know, closing down Westminster and, and opening some stuff up, um, you know, just, just south of uh, Kennedy Plaza would be great. Um, I think as we get over into uh, North Providence, certainly um, like Pleasant Valley Parkway and these areas that, that do have some elements of green space that are wider roads that would lend themselves just to um, kind of natural uh, places to, to be opened up. Um, I think as Liza said, somewhere on the, on the West End as well. Um, you know, I, I think the, the reason I think it's so crucial to shut down some of these streets is I, I, I can tell you right now, we, we've got 40 some odd minutes till Blackstone Boulevard is closed and people are just going to be in the bike lane and in the parking lane. Um, I mean, that's what happens in the winter when there's snow in on the walking path. So, you know, give, give it 40 minutes and people are going to be very, very close to the cars. And my concern is when people take to the streets because it is their only place to keep that safe six feet around them, to stay away from these bad apples who, you know, are kind of ruining it for for us all. Um, they're going to put themselves in the crosshairs with cars. And the concern is once that happens, you know, we're, we're going to see an uptick in, in pedestrians, cyclists, runners, ending up uh, as a trauma patient at Rhode Island Hospital, taking up a bed and resources and having, you know, doctors using the very limited PPE that we have right now, um, personal protective equipment. Um, you know, I'm friends with a number of orthopedic surgeons. You do not want an orthopedic surgeon operating on you right now because we need these those resources and those beds available for COVID patients. So, um, you know, this is all interconnected. And, and I, I know the mayor is trying to prevent the number of COVID patients in beds in our hospitals. But I think one of the unintended consequences of, of this policy is that we, we may actually see beds taken up by injured patients from unfortunate incidences with cars. As Liza said, cars are speeding up. I've seen it. A lot of reckless drivers, a lot of people on motorcycles, you know, especially in the nice weather out and about, um, not following the rules of our roads. Um, <laughs> so wear a helmet, folks, right now. Time to wear a helmet. Um, <laughs> yeah. We also have so many, because gyms and yoga studios are all closed, we have a lot of people who are brand new to running and biking. Yes. Um, which is great and fantastic, but they're brand new. Um, they may not know how to share the street, how to share the road safely with cars. They've never taken a safety class. They're not really experienced. So we know again, yes, thank you so much, Caitlin. Like we know that these are tough decisions that the mayor and the governor are making tough decisions right now. We just think that we can't, that this policy about park closures and trail closures, which we agree with, you know, the trails are less, are not wide enough for people to safely stay away from each other. Mm -hmm. And the streets are. So it's just, it's like a half, it's a halfway measure. Um, and they yeah. need to follow through yeah. with the other half now. All right. I, I'm, I'm with you. So the, the closure goes to May 1st, as of right now, do you think that before May 1st, the infrastructure could be presented to the city to say, Hey, look, here's an alternative do you think, I mean, is that something that can be rolled out so that yeah. by May 1st, we have some version of an outdoor space? I mean, I would hope it happens sooner than that. Mm -hmm. I mean, call me up, Mary Lorza. I'm happy to write a plan for you, Liza. And I, <laughs> I don't want to speak for you, Liza, but, um, you know, happy to uh, volunteer time to help with that. I, I think there's a lot of... Um, 
you know, good, good data out there. Let's, let's let our decisions be evidence-based and informed by the data. Let's look at some heat map data and see where people are moving right now. I know we already have a lot of that data about what our busiest streets are in the city and, um, you know, how closely those arteries are connected to large portions of the population. Um, how can we meet the needs of our Providence community right now to support everyone's physical and mental health? Yep. We have a lot of people who are willing to help um, and we are here to help. We're here. The groups like ours are here to spread messages about, about safe use of the streets, about safe distancing. That's what we've been doing. That's what we're happy to keep doing. Um, So we would like to support the city in, in making these important changes. Caitlin Goodman, Liza Birkin. We put this together like 40 minutes ago. So thanks for (laughs) hopping on. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, As Liza said, here to help and, safe on the road takes on a whole new meaning in, in the time of coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. no, it really does. And so everything does, everything is situational, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, and this is, this is a time to think way outside of the box. And you know what? A lot of times I think that there's a lot of negativity around new ideas and sometimes people politicize them and, you know, you, you can make, you can make arguments that the, the initial bike lane rollouts had problems and you know whatever the jump bikes ended up in the river you there are always endless ways to say all right this is a bad idea for naysayers but this isn't really one of those times you know this is a good time to like actually move forward with a lot of the ideas that before were presented as like oh this is some like lunatics you know pipe dream you know now all of a sudden those are regular everyday concepts that that really should just be um, evaluated as good ideas or, you know, good idea, but maybe not practical. That should be kind of the new criteria. So at least putting them forward and moving along with them. I salute both of you. Thanks so much for hopping on. Thank you so much, Bill. Have a good rest of your day. You too. Thank you. Thanks very much. Yep. This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. For daily digital reporting, live streams, discussions, and much more, join the Bartholomew Town Podcast Facebook group. Your search is Bartholomew Town.